For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Welcome to Land Sharks After Dark, your favorite podcast about the Ole Miss Rebels. I'm your host, Justin Sanders, here to talk to you today about uh, the third week of college football. Ole Miss hosted Alabama and Oxford. Uh, I, as well as my co-host, John Stefanzik, is with me on the line. Had the pleasure of attending uh, both of our first home games of the season. Got to see the new stadium expansion. I think got to see a great game of football. Had a good day in the Grove. Saw a lot of people. Um... I think opinions are kind of split on this one. Alabama beats Ole Miss 48-43. I'm not sure how you would just be finding that out from this podcast. But if you are, hey, more power to you. I'm uh, totally on board for people that aren't fans of Ole Miss but are fans of the podcast. That sounds like a fun cross-section. But let me go straight to John now. I've talked long enough. I want to hear from him. First of all, John, I take it you're, uh, you're safely back home in New Hampshire. Yeah, uh, hit my recliner Sunday right when Garoppolo was throwing the first TD pass and watching the Patriots. Just Wait, so do he their somehow thing. managed to have like 28 fantasy points and get injured like halfway through the game. That was some insanity. I mean, he looks good. Belichick's a wizard. Is he? Is he? Is he? Is he out though? Like, is he out indefinitely? I'm not sure what his injury was. I think he's AC. I'll look AC joint. I'll look it up there. A lot of people, a lot of people at work today looked at me and said, "Man, that was a heck of a game Saturday." It's a fun game to watch. It was a great game. Me and you I were mean, sitting. We were sitting together, and I feel. I mean, I was just enjoying watching all the plays. The, the, the stadium, the bold in stadium, looks a lot better in person. It's better acoustic. Well, better I think. I think before the audio systems sounds good. Sounds just way better. I mean, they, they've improved the experience. They they don't know how to stock water bottle properly and we'll get into you see, that Bjork, Bjork's already been commenting on that have you seen his comments uh, he did where's that at? Twitter uh, I think I saw someone like uh, Chase Parham maybe got a comment from him on Rebel Grove I don't know he, he, basically he just said uh, we thought we had stocked enough bottled water uh, basically they were sold out before the game ever started they pretty much people came so early and bought so much that they they were not prepared it's it's a huge oversight, but Bjork says, you know, it's a huge problem. It, it won't happen again, so I guess you kind of have to take him at his word there. And if it happens again, it's, it's you know, high hell. Because it's, yeah. like people, like you said, and water's not going to expire. I mean, why why do you not stockpile that? That, 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 that that's an, ex- I mean. Especially when we're talking about over 100 degrees heat index. We're baking out there in the sun. His answer's so full of shit on that. You can't miss. There's no way you miss as bad as they did stocking water. And remotely have a clue what you're doing with that. So I'm sorry. Well, I mean, There's that's, a, no that's a pretty typical Bjork uh, excuse, which is we did everything right on our end, and somehow we still lost thanks to the cruelness of the universe. Uh, we'll fix it next time. You know, he's he's not really big on personal responsibility. I'd say. Damn, that's bringing some heat, Sanders. You know. Oh come on, John. Listen to the show. I've been criticizing Bjork like all summer. I remember. Remember my my final take on the administration's handling up till now, with all the evidence we know, 
is that Ole Miss tried to act like Alabama when it wasn't Alabama. And I think that's dumb. You got to know who you are. You got to know your audience. That's a very good way of putting it. I mean, so let, let's just bring, let's just get into this, bring this full circle. Freeze, a lot of people kill Freeze for the way he didn't, wasn't a great. They go up 24 to 3 after Marquise Haynes just blows up Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. Youngblood picked that ball. I thought it was really cool that Youngblood got to score that touchdown. That was an awesome play. But it was, in a way, it was also the turning point of the game. You know, at the time, we felt like, oh, this is, you know, this is a great positive for Ole Miss, you know, defensive touchdown. Uh, but then kind of started to feel like something wasn't right. During their return, Breland Speaks got that uh, unsportsmanlike conduct, some sort of uh, yeah, excessive it, contact. McCrady wrote that it was a block in his uh, game story. If it was a block, they would have called the touchdown back. and get, it almost would have had the ball, but it wouldn't have what, touchdown Probably would have been better, yeah. So that's incorrect. But nevertheless, but Breland taunted somebody. Total dumbass penalty. Can't do that against Alabama. So the, so the kickoff ends up on – they cut off from the twenty, and they well, kick the it out. Well, the noble kicks out of bounds, yeah. Which I didn't realize the penalty was thirty yards from the spot of the kick. Me neither. That's I, that's I thought it was. New, yeah. That's a new one to me. So, so Bama got the ball in the fifty, and what three 50. plays later? Three plays later, they score. Hey, and then to Jalen Hurts' credit. He stood in there and made a couple really good throws right after that. After basically he, yeah, he was, uh, yeah. I mean, the secondary wasn't, you know, gave was playing cushion and gave up some, but that's essentially what happened. I they admire, I admire Hertz for keeping, you know, popping up, running back out there, playing hard. I honestly admire Saban for not pulling him and trying to do some wonkery with the quarterbacks like he did last season with the whole Bateman and uh, what's his face, the senior pulling them in and out. I was, you know, I really think if Ole Miss had scored one more, he might have pulled Hurt, but uh, it, it worked out for him because he wasn't making all the passes all game, but he was he was managing the ball. I mean, besides that one fumble return for a touchdown, they didn't really have any mistakes that cost them points on offense. They didn't. He used his legs to an advantage because they figured out in the second half. I mean, Ole Miss was playing pretty soft on deep. Surprise! Well, what a shock, they, right? Well, that they were playing concert, they were playing to take away the pat, the big play, and yeah. I thought, I thought the secondary played pretty. They played better than I thought they would, honestly. Pretty good effort. I think those corners are going to be good. I think they're. I mean, I think the defense looked much improved they, from they, Florida State. They, just, they don't have the bodies in the front seven. I mean, no Fadal was a problem. Haynes is. Haynes is a pass rusher. The, the, running right at Marquise Haynes was part of their game plan, yeah. um, and they executed that to their, I mean, to their credit. I mean, Alabama pretty much they they did a pretty good job managing the game overall, but they also have, I mean, they ha- they have the best roster in college football. Th- them and Ohio State are the two best rosters in college football by a clear margin at this point. I yeah. mean, there's no arguing that whatsoever. So, what about uh, Louisville? Well, look, look. Know, I'm kidding. They have, they have the best quarterback in college football. Have, at 185, they don't have that. But they have – and Lamar Houston's – I mean, Lamar Jackson. I keep calling him Lamar Houston. I don't know. He – um, can he really throw it? I don't um, know. I, I've only seen parts I, of their game. Not, I, let's I didn't not catch. over – now, Louisville did great. I think they're a really good team. But let's not overreact to a Jimbo Fisher team just quitting. Because yeah, that's what – No, it's not a shock. 
I mean, Jimbo teams are kind of crazy. Wait, I mean, so maybe if Jameis hadn't been in the locker room at our game, they would have just quit against us. Well, that was an effectively a home game. The psychological elements definitely were different around that. Yeah, and, and also, I mean, that was them playing. They did not in... take Louisville seriously. That's right. just a fact. It took was, us because they had all. No. We were an SEC team. It was a chance for them to, to knock off an SEC team. It's definitely a different vibe than what they faced uh, at Louisville when they got just trolloped. What's the word I'm looking for? Just trucked, excuse me, uh, on Saturday. That was the 11 a.m. game. Um, we're the 11 a.m. game this week coming up against Georgia. We'll talk about how they did against Missouri in a little bit. Let's talk about some positives from the Alabama game. As I mentioned, I think the defense looked better. Um, maybe the brightest spot apart from – uh, just continued improvement by the young guys was uh, Tony Connor making some plays. Obviously, we were in the stands, so it's hard to really follow just one player uh, unless you just want to totally ignore the ball. But we heard his name called out a lot, like he was getting uh, to the ball quicker than he had been, especially against FSU. I mean, it's hard to tell against Wofford last week. I mean, that's not really a good indicator. But um, what have you what have you seen after the game of the reviews of his performance? I mean, is it is it real or was he was he just kind of filling in some big holes that were easy tackles to make something like they use him in spots well he was moving better i don't know he, he's still good we'll see how it progresses. his, his brace looked smaller to me like it looked like they had sort of a different type of brace that was maybe like slimmer and not as not as structural not like the metal on the sides but i don't know i could be wrong on that i felt but, like uh, he went from lot from a liability against fsu to adequate in the alabama game yeah. here's what Here's what I mean. If you're if you're watching that game, here's what strikes out to what sticks out to you. Ole Miss just didn't have does not have the defensive depth, and they don't have a running back. And well, they don't. Have, well, I mean, you yeah, know, they, they don't really have a running back to at that level. I mean, Bo Scarborough would be a feature back for Ole Miss, and he's third string for Alabama. Yeah, yeah. It, it's year five for Hugh Freeze, so they got some high level recruits in 2013. A really good. Really good four or five, really four really good guys between Connor, Kim Dietschy, Treadwell, and Tunsil. Mm-hmm. But that class didn't have a lot of depth to it. 14 class was pretty solid. 15, they missed in a handful, some spots. And then 16, they're young. I mean, they got a lot of good, a lot of good offensive players and a couple. I mean, Deontay Anderson, I think, is going to be really good safety. Yeah, we saw him on the field a Hart's lot. Field's a good signing, big, but no they bust. still I mean. They're just not there all the way depth-wise. And, I mean, it's year five. Freeze can't make any more real excuses about this. But to be fair, as I'm sitting there evaluating Saturday, and we can't, I mean, I'm looking at that. I'm looking at the place running out of water in the second quarter. Looking at these cut with these concession lines taking twenty times longer than they should because we can't figure out the copy of the Chick Fil A model because it's not, I mean it's like it shouldn't this shouldn't be rocket science guys. Long story short, I just don't. It, I mean the question. I mean a lot of questions around is Freeze the a guy that can really get the can, can he be a guy that goes and wins the SEC, wins the play, then wins playoff games, wins a national championship. I don't know. Nick Saban and Urban Meyer weren't there, and they're at 46. Urban coached Utah for a few years, then went to Florida. Hmm, that's, Sa- a very, that's a very interesting observation, Sa- John. Saban went to Michigan State for a few years. I mean, Freeze so far has done about what Saban did at Michigan State, maybe a little bit better if we're really going to. I think if, so. Let's, I'm going to look up those, those numbers, so but that's, this is very interesting. Is Freeze, is Freeze there today? 
I don't quite think so. But is he never going to get there? Definitely can't say that. He's still young by coach standards. You have to remember this. Yeah, that's, he, that's a great point. He's going up against the, these guys. Here's the problem, though: is this is, is the 17 recruiting class is really is. I mean, there's a lot of time left, so I'm not going to just say it's completely just totally hopeless at this point. But it is severely hampered by the NCAA, and it looks like it's they got. I mean, they're going to need some minor. They're going to need some breaks to start following their way to piece it back together. Maybe you know, maybe Auburn and LSU both fire their coaches, and you can go in and get some kids or something. So, John, would you say would you say that Michigan State in '95 was a harder job than Ole Miss in 2012? No, because the Big Ten doesn't it never had the depth the SEC has. Well, always, I mean, if you're been, okay, so if that's been, the truth, it's always been the Big Two and everyone else. Well, if that's the truth, then thus far, Hugh Freeze has done better at his first Power Five job than Saban did. Yep. So Saban's Saban's five years at Michigan State, he went six and five, six and six, seven and five, six and six, and then his last year he went nine and two, and then he went to LSU. That nine and two season got him hired at LSU. Uh, at LSU, yeah. But so he, and, and so he at Michigan State, his bowl record was zero and three with losses in the Independence Bowl, the Sun Bowl, and the Aloha Bowl. Interesting. So I think this is very. I mean, I think this is very interesting. If you're going to make that comparison between so Freeze, so the and other Saban. thing too is so, so okay. So Freeze hasn't. I mean, the, hasn't quite been there depth wise, and he's still got. I mean, they're still. He's still figuring stuff out. But at this point, you compare his career. Then Urban, you, you know, you can look at what Urban Meyer did and be interesting. I, I've not, I haven't pulled up those numbers, but I can pull that up too. Go on with your similar. point. Here's my point, though: is it to compete in the SECs, you need. I mean, you top to bottom. If Alabama's a standard, you have to be all in committed. Have every I, I dotted and T's crossed. And include your booster and benefits program. Yeah. Ole Miss doesn't have that. Look at the Cannon Motors thing last year. Tunsil should have never missed a game. And the other conclusion I drew from yesterday, uh, striking the audition this weekend, and as much, I mean, you, you can give me crap for this all, all you want. They desperately miss Larry Tunsil, the football player, the on-the-field version. Hey, why would I give you crap for that? <laughs> I mean, Tunsil, the whole the locker room distraction that I don't know is Lindsey Miller an exceptionally exceptional case of being a dumbass. Yes, but you know what? Freezing the whole agent thing contributed to that. I mean, yep. Which is hey, part, don't forget he put that all together. Which plays into the inexperience factor. So. I don't know, but the point is, is but I, there's multiple people that said that Tunsil would have never missed a game if he were playing at Alabama, LSU, et cetera. I think it's probably true. That is on Bjork to make sure as much or more than freeze to put that to have that structure in place. That's the bottom line between the whole booster thing getting out of control, the NCAA being around too long, or boosters being stupid. I mean, can motors, you can't be any dumber than that. The NCAA should have been kicked out a while ago, and they're being even more passive and submissive now, which is utterly ridiculous. Uh, I mean, that's that's not what the, that's not what the rumors say, but who knows? Who knows what the administration's really doing with the NCAA? They won't let the beat guys cover even go to the sideline to see who's present because of a strict interpretation of the NCAA rule. They're They'll do whatever they – if the NCAA said go jump off a bridge, they go jump off a bridge at this point. That's John, you're, you're talking out of both sides of your mouth here. You just said that Ole Miss should have a better program in place to make sure that we don't get in trouble. And then you said we shouldn't be trying to follow NCAA rules proactively over the top. I mean, don't you see the contradiction there? 
No, because Alabama has their system and infrastructure in place efficiently. There's a way to cheat and not get caught. I'm not saying there's not. I'm saying you can't complain about Ole Miss following NCAA rules stricter than they did in the past and also say the system has to change. They're trying. Dumb. They, 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 you don't. Well, all the NCAA rules they're following are dumb. You don't need to follow the NCAA rules. You need to be not guilty. You need to be. They can't make it to where they can't prove things. They don't know how to do that. I understand. Between, I mean, I mean, yeah, we still so all that crap. Still haven't and, gotten our punishments. But all that crap, which the fact that NCAA has been around four years, is inexcusable. Jordan Wilkins should being ineligible is inexcusable. And then even you can sit here and go, you're getting, you know, some, some people are going to listen to this and be like, I'm being ridiculous, but whatever. Let's put this together. They can't stock water past the first quarter against Alabama when it's hotter than hell. Long story short, Bjork has no clue how to do anything from an operational standpoint. Except get 66,000 people in the stadium for the first time ever. He raises, well, he raises money. I'm just he, saying, I'm just saying, new, new and challenges. There's a, and present. there's enough people that will still show up and watch the game. So it is what it is. I get that. But to get to the finite level of detail, to, be, to make the jump from the top 15 to from a consistent eight and four, nine and three SEC team to a championship team, this is the attention to detail that's required when you're competing against Alabama, LSU, so on and so forth. I agree. I, I think we're more on the Auburn track, perhaps, where we're, we just want to put it all together once and get like a once in a lifetime run. And then if we drop back to eight and four, I mean, would our fans really complain? I don't know. I mean, and there, that's fair. There are two I mean, ways to go about it. And you're describing the Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia in the future, Michigan, how they're going to do it. I just don't know if Ole Miss has the recruiting base and resources to establish that type of longevity. As I a, agree. As a 10-2, yeah. and 11-1 team. 9-3, and three, I, we could do it. You know, and that's – and let's be – and the, the flip side, so I'll go other side of the coin here. I mean, they beat Alabama two years in a row – and they gave them a hell of a ride Saturday. I don't think any – I mean, Alabama didn't – I don't think expected to walk in there and have to deal with that. And they – I mean, Alabama fans are sitting there going, what in the, you know, we – I don't think they were sitting there going, oh, we beat the crap out of them. I mean, they got out of there and said we, you know, dodged a bullet more or less. Alabama fans, yeah. So I, I, I follow a couple on my timeline because my cousin's a big Alabama fan and his uh, – his lady, they're big band fans or whatever. So I followed both of them, and it was hilarious. During the first half, before the before that turn that we described earlier with the Breland penalty, um, uh, all they were tweeting about was how bad the refs were and how much they favored Ole Miss and all of that. And then uh, when things kind of turned, um, didn't hear too much about the refs again. So that kind well, of always the ref. That's a very that's a highly sophisticated means of analyzing the situation. Yeah, no, it's I mean it's. It, that's that's one of the most annoying things about sports in general is the the constant calls of bias this and bias that and the mo- maybe the most frustrating thing about it is that there's so much noise around bias in football and sports in general that it's not really possible to ever know if there is bias or not bias. I mean, how how are you going to possibly determine when every team says the refs are against their team? How would you know if they were actually you know, the refs bad calls are bad? Them? No, I agree with that. But now I'm thinking more about this whole NCAA thing. I mean, if every school thinks the NCAA is out to get them, does anyone really care when Ole Miss complains about unfair treatment? No. That's why we have you know the legal system. That's why we have this, this million-dollar law firm. 
to hopefully, you know, have our best interests at the forefront and take the NCAA to court if we need to. Um, but I feel like we've gotten trapped back in one of you our know, in justice, one of our recurring discussions. If justice takes six years, then is it really justice? <laughs> That's an interesting way to look at it. I think a I'm lot being of, dead serious. Like, I, it, I don't think it matters. I it, think in this situation, the ultimate outcome honestly doesn't matter at this point. This investigation has screwed up a recruiting class. It, it, the damage is done. And that's what I was. I mean, that's what we were talking about um, back in the spring. You know, it, the NCAA is going to punish you one way or another, whether it's extra legal or whether they're able to actually get your scholarship productions handed down. Um, if they have an axe to grind with you, they're going to grind it. We've seen that in the media uh, the past, what, year and a half? What, it's been a year and a half since the 40 story. Yeah, right? there's a much better way to try to fight this, and Ole Miss completely whiffed on it. Not saying it would have worked, but it had a higher probability of working. So Yeah, what, just, just telling them to, to screw, oh, get, screw get off? Get public and get, get the whole public. NCAA is a bunch of idiots. I, I, I agree All with you. Gotta you. Do is, it's not hard to twist it that way. It wouldn't be hard to get public support behind you, but instead you sit there and get beat around, and people are dumb and going to believe you know, the basic I, I, no. I agree with you, John, but I think you're seriously underestimating, and I don't blame you because of where you live, but I think you're seriously underestimating how happy some of these rival fan bases are that the NCAA is coming after Ole Miss. They don't care. They don't care why. They don't They don't care what the evidence is. Alabama, Mississippi State, LSU, Auburn, Arkansas even, even though they've beaten Ole Miss the last two years, they, they are happy to see Hugh Freeze get taken down a peg at any means necessary. I, I mean, I'm just saying. Yeah, that's I'm, fair. Yeah. I'm not saying the public wouldn't be on our side somewhat. I don't think the SEC you would public. Get the, you would get the public outside of SEC. The SEC thing. public is laughing their asses off every time one of these 40 stories comes out because they're scared shitless of freeze. And we just went over all of his flaws. I mean, if if a coach can get this much criticism and be called you know this much of a fraud or whatever after losing by five to Alabama and beating them the two years before that, I mean, I. I just think it's indicative of a of something deeper there than just what's on the surface, which is, oh, he's a cheater, blah, blah, blah. I mean, why do people say the things they do? Everything has a motivation behind it. You, you don't care if, the, if, if, if we beat State 10 years in a row, I really don't care any Ole Miss fan. I don't think any Ole Miss fan would bat an eye if they got investigated or not investigated. You know what I mean? It's, it's not relevant. No one cares. Yeah. I get what you're saying. I just think when you win, I think you're changes. overestimating the intelligence of the average fan, though. I mean, oh, he, I, he, here's I, how media, here's how I'm powerful basic media narratives can be. Is that look? I mean, Donald Trump won the GOP primary off basic Ameri- narratives such as terrible deals, lying Ted, crooked Hillary. I mean, if NCAA, I mean, if Ole Miss would just come out with basic, you know. But, John, I, if we, against the NCAA saying that you know, just all you have to do is go say a bunch of crap. If Ole Miss could win the public opinion battle with a forty percent plurality, I'm sure that that would be fine. Like, yeah, we could do that. That would be easy. It's actually getting the Doable, general. You got to win more than two teams out there. You got to win uh, the general. Yeah, no, I know, I know. Um, I was gonna say, well, I forgot what I was gonna say. Actually, now, sorry. So you get back. Well, let's let's tie this up before we go back to what we're talking about now. Urban Meyer actually did pretty well early in his career. He went uh, seventeen and six his first two seasons at Bowling Green, and then at Utah he went twenty two and two. So I mean, he was really good from the very beginning. He was really good from the beginning. Yeah, and at Florida he had multiple one loss seasons. He had yep. three that I see. So I mean, he went eight and 
five, nine and four, eight and five. His first year at Florida. And Florida, he went nine and three, thirteen and one, nine and four, thirteen and one, thirteen and one, eight and five. Yep, yep. No, he was there. Yeah, he's he was. I mean, the Saban comparison is very interesting. So, John, I actually think that Urban might be a better comp for Freeze because of the style of coach he is. I mean, I mean, Saban is like a like a you got to build your defense up first, and then you develop your power running game, and then it all comes together. Saban's at the a end. process guy. Urban just went out there and got him some players. Urban's got a system. Urban, now, Urban, Urban has an offense. Urban kind of lost control of Florida there at the yeah, end. True. He resigned. I mean, true. And has he learned his lesson with Ohio? He, he went too hard, too fast at Florida. And did he learn his lesson at Ohio State? Well, looks, looks, I think he'll have a much more sustainable. Like, yeah. We'll see. Now, granted, he won two national championships along the way with Florida. So that was yeah, yeah, you know, pretty good. But, but Steve Spurrier had won a championship there before. So the idea of Florida winning, Florida winning a championship was an acceptable thought. So mm-hmm. there's another difference. And is better in state recruiting. So I think the Meyer freeze comparisons. It's somewhat reasonable. Definitely too. interesting. I, I, I'm going to bring up the saving numbers, though, in, in future discussions of Freeze's trajectory. It's very interesting. Um, I think I remember what I was going to say, though, John, about about the media narrative. I listen. I'm all I'm all about uh, cutting through, you know, the crap and the complaints of bias and all of that. But I really got to go back to this. I follow a lot of college football journalists, and they are just as biased as the fans that they write for. Oh, they're all idiots. They all have a school that they like, and a lot of them don't like Ole Miss because Ole Miss either beat their school or beat their school in recruiting, Bud Elliott. Uh, and and I, I don't know. I, I'm not saying you're wrong about going public. I'm just saying I think it's more complicated than simply the NCAA is outdated. And these rules are dumb. You know, it's not like the Charleston Southern or the Georgia Southern thing. Isn't that the school that had 20 players suspended before they played FSU because they spent their textbook money on beats or whatever? This was just a couple weeks ago. Um, I I think a story like that, no one is uh, is worried about Georgia Southern beating their team. Everyone's like, oh, that's so stupid. The NCAA is so dumb. I just think it gets more all you complicated. Have to do if you're the old, if you're old Miss, is put all that. But you could probably gonna say this is the organization that's doing. This and in three years they found sixteen thousand dollars of benefits. I'm with Whoopty you. shit. I mean, the Ole Miss can use all that content to put together this F the NCAA. I'm with you. I'm It doesn't have to be very well correlated. My last point. The my last point that I'll make is: Do you remember what Twitter was like the day Ole Miss released the notice of allegations response? Because. There yeah. were there were a lot of people laughing and just saying, "Yep, proof. There's proof. Ole Miss is cheating." There weren't a lot of people. I mean, there were there were a lot of people on Ole Miss's side, and some national journalists, maybe like an Andy Staples type or a uh, Barrett Salee, guys like that. They were picking up this whole, you know, NCAA is unfair to athletes, stuff like that. But a lot of people were just taking it at Ole Miss's expense. I, I don't know if that has to do with Ole Miss's history. Probably partially does. Um, it's like Ole Miss in general. It's, I mean, Mississippi in general, excuse me, uh, as an easy scapegoat in national discussions. I don't know. We can stop yeah, talking about it this. Yeah, it is. You know I mean, we go in circles on this. This is kind of that way in general between like civil rights issues and they they don't they don't get covered the way other schools do for whatever reason. Yeah. I mean, I just think it's, it's worth pointing that, out. Some of that's self inflicted, but. I mean, some of that just kind of is out of the hand. So, John, before we move on, and we can yeah. we we can move on. Trivia question: Do you know, or how close can you get to Urban's record at Ohio State currently? Ooh, 
Uh, let's see. He took the job. I'll tell you how many seasons. I don't. I don't want you to hug up on the win number. I want to know if you know how many losses. It's oh, been. Well. It's been four seasons and three games this year. So this is his fifth year. Yeah. Well, he went undefeated first year again. Um, they, because they had a bowl ban, so they went yeah. twelve and zero. Yep. They lost two games the next year because they lost the Big Ten title game, and then they lost the bowl game to Clemson, I believe. So that's two. Yep. They won the national title the next year with one loss. So that's three. And then last year they lost to Michigan State in their own building. Didn't go to the so so he's lost four games. In yeah, first. very so, good. Yeah, fifty three and four overall. He's that's, a better coach than Saban. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I think the playoff. Yeah. I think he is, and I to me they have the best team this year. They are the best football team. I haven't watched them play yet, but I absolutely believe they that. Especially in, look at these numbers. I mean, they could have hung sixty on Oklahoma and Norman. Not saying Oklahoma's great, but they well yeah. what they're right there with Alabama roster wise, and Barrett's an experienced player. That to me is the difference. Yeah. Well, yeah, we saw the the depth they matchup. Have, Elliot is fucking fast. I mean, he's a good player. The 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 guy that's running back this year. Yeah, they're running back there. I don't even know the guy's name, but I watched. I don't him, know it either. Watched him run like five times against Oklahoma. Went damn. Well, see, I mean, that's a, that's a great gig, man. Ohio State's recruiting base and yeah. having the Big Ten hey, to compete do, with. Do anything to go win. I mean, that's the thing. If you're if you're like an Ole Miss or some, if you're a college football fan, but you kind of have a sense of reality at the same time. If you look at what these like Florida State, Ohio State, Alabama, what these programs really do to go all out and win, oh yeah, it's disgusting. I mean, is it really worth it in yeah. the grand scheme of things? No, I mean, so it, I have it, another. If they're not willing to go all the way, I have know? another theory, John. So when you talk about these programs like Michigan, Florida, Ohio State, Tennessee, Alabama, uh, these program Auburn that are going to do anything to uh, to try to win. I kind of think it's gotten to the point where if it's an established program like that, like Alabama or Ohio State, a story about them breaking some NCAA rule is basically like a like a like a dog bites man story. You know what I mean? You know what that is? Like it's it's not news. It's it's not something the public is interested in because the NCAA is unfair. To these kids that should be getting paid more than they than they. Right. I think people assume in the back of their head that these giant programs must be doing some sketchy stuff, but the fact that they win you know, removes all of the morality from their side. And then Hugh Freeze, you know, apparently cheats to put together these big recruiting classes. Apparently cheating is it. Apparently breaking the rules is an issue because they went too much, but it's it's noble when the I, you I know, think it's the transitional players. it's the transitional programs that get hit the hardest in the public eye because they're the ones that aren't supposed to be doing this. You know, it's when Alabama cheats it's expected uh, when a young upstart like Ole Miss signs a big class, they must be cheating above and beyond because they're not established. I, I I don't know if I really said what I was trying to say, but I just wanted to use that phrase, dog bites man, man's bite, you know what, man the, bites You know dog. what Ole Miss is – you know what really is hurts Ole Miss? Tell me. Is they don't, they don't move the needle enough TV rating-wise to justify preferential treatment. Yeah, LSU does. Alabama does. I think it might be changing. I, I think Ole Miss is a fun team for the national TV audience. I mean, I mean, ESPN did hype the heck out of the FSU Ole Miss kickoff. And it was a great game. It was a lot the of Ole Miss Alabama game drew big ratings. I mean, Another maybe, great game. Maybe that's changing, and that helps put the NCAA because the, the NCAA at the end of the day cares about one thing: money in their pocket. So I get John. Do you think that ESPN is like making an effort this year to get better eleven a.m. games? 
Because last week you had FSU-Louisville. This week you have Ole Miss-Georgia. It's strange. Yeah, because more and more people are watching the game, are going to be watching games at home just because it's – Yeah, it's, and so I mean that you overall, want them – Overall, it's a better experience. It is. It is. I mean – and ESPN wants people to stay on ESPN from 11 and then ABC at 2 or whatever until th- four at 3. Games. Right. You go, you go, in Eastern time, you go noon, 3.30, 8 o'clock, and then you got the 10.30 Pac-12 game. And yeah, they just so, on it all day. It's, it's, it's interesting. I, I, do, I, so I do think that Ole Miss is growing its national brand. And I think a lot of that is just people like offense. I mean, I, I think passing offense is great on TV. I think it, it excites people. And, man, John, we saw some amazing catches on Saturday from all, from Ole Miss players. Some from Alabama players, too. But more from Ole Miss players, a few that stand out. Two Stringfellow catches in the red zone. Um, one at the five, one at the one-yard line. That was Okay, it's time to shit on Freeze again for a second. All right, here we go. He, he did this with Laquan Treadwell for two years. And now he's doing it with Stringfellow. You're a damn offensive coach. Your receivers are your position. Yet your best receiver, you don't utilize the right way. The second half of last year, he finally, they finally figured out, we're just going to throw the damn ball to Treadwell and get him 100 yeah. yards again and, and good things happen. I'm with you. I'm, I'm with you, and I see where you're coming from. And I think String is awesome and a potential first-round talent, but I don't think he's as reliable as Laquan Treadwell is. We'll see. I mean, we should test it. Say that. Well, when did you drop? We the should ball? test that hypothesis. I mean, we'll we'll see. I, I'm just. I mean, we'll see. I'm just saying. Every pass. So, would you rather have the ball be thrown to Quincy or no. Stringfellow? No, Quincy and Stringfellow shouldn't be the two options there. Quincy's the sneaky. top option is Evan Ingram, Stringfellow, uh, Markel Pack. I mean, not Markel. So sorry, Van Jefferson. Uh, and then after that, we can talk about AJ Brown. AJ Brown needs to get the ball more. He, I'd rather put him out there instead of Quincy. I he's I gonna to, really good. I think Quincy's out there to stretch the field. Uh, what? But is he's it? not. But Trey Nixon's a better. Going to be a better speed guy. You know, in two years we're going to look back at it. I mean, assume, Quincy's yeah. not a bad player, but he's not. He's he, like he's you said a, during the game. He's sneaky. He's sneaky bad. Yep. Totally true. Um, but I, I don't know. I. I I wanted to ask though, John. Sorry, I'm kind of stalling out here. I was going to ask you what happened on that Evan Ingram play where he was open by like 70 yards. I have no idea. They just they faked a pitch and the safety right. came up and Ingram just went right by him. Right, blew an assignment. So mm-hmm. I think I think maybe one of Ole Miss's problems is instead of running a lot of variable plays where Chad has maybe an RPO and different routes to choose from. I, I feel like we're kind of singling in on primary receivers on some of these plays. And if it's not there, Chad has way too much time. I think our but, offense is pretty damn – our offense is simple. That's just the bottom line. It's designed to be simple, go fast, and just kind of out-talent people. And out-talenting Alabama is not – I mean – I'm doesn't cool exactly with that. work that well. If I now, they, now play, they have receivers, and they were able to go win one-on-ones in the receiver battle. When the, yeah, well, who who could we not pass on? Is the question. Seems like just about anybody. Yeah, but I mean, so if I'm going to complain, it's got to be about the first down runs. I mean, that's that's something that I'm I thought okay we learned doing like that two the years first ago. Half just to kind of set what. Yeah, what the but we had. Does. But, but they, they we stuck had late with drives, half. late That's drives just, that were starting second and eleven, and, and and not even from midfield. We're talking back at our own twenty. Like just, 
I, I, I don't know why we aren't throwing screen passes. I, I don't understand that. That's a great question. Like tunnel screens. To Chad the has a great arm for it. We have the receivers. We don't it, have the running backs. Because a, a, a big part of that play the past couple of years has been Tunsil getting out on the edge and being mobile. You think so? is, it because, is it because we have uh, first-year offensive tackles that aren't? Maybe. I, I think partially – I think partially they've added a lot more downfield passes because of Chad's arm strength that Bo didn't have. And they've, I think he, you might be right on that. They've, but they're they're going in a way they're going too vertical. They, they I agree. They better. need to stretch the field sideways with those screens. Okay. If you're going to run up the middle, you need to set it up with some side sideline passes for sure. I, th- I mean, I also think we aren't doing enough intermediate stuff. Okay, first down against Alabama. Like, I would love a five yard crossing route. Like. Why does it have to be deep pass or incompletion or run stop? Like I, I pick up chunks, man. Like just work away at it. I, I think that Werner needs to revisit his play calling and figure out where he went wrong in that game because there were a lot of times when I think he should have called something different. But it's Alabama's defense. I think we 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 were doing kind of the same thing that their offense was doing to us, but in reverse where. They're going to keep trying things, and there's really no way you're going to stop all of them. We saw that with that long, uh, what's that guy's name, Damian Jones? Is that their running back? He had like that 70-yard run. Damian Williams Damian Harris. Yeah, Damian Williams is a state quarterback, I think. But they, yep. just, they just kept busting it in there, busting it in there. The same thing with that Jalen Hurts, like QB keeper counter. Like it was like they were just going to keep trying things so they figured something out. But at the same time, I thought our defense looked a lot less vulnerable than they did against Florida State. Definitely, it was kind of by design, which let them give up those long those runs on third yeah. and ten. True. I mean, that's essentially part of the deal. Well, I think they'll I think they'll continue to get better. It looks like as the secondary gets more experienced. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I'm excited. I'm excited about the rest of the season. Honestly, um, I, I think that Ole Miss has a lot of stuff in front of them still. I think this game Saturday. Is a must win. If they don't win this game, this season could kind of tailspin. They could go. It could get six and six, seven and five. Yeah. If they win this game, it's they huge. could still have a good year. It's huge. Yeah, no, this game is a is a big swing for the season, and it's also a big game for Kirby Smart because they haven't really beaten anybody yet. I mean UNC, but that's I mean still they they were UNC that did it all last year and lost a lot of those pieces. Uh, struggle with Nichols, struggle with Mizzou. People are acting now, John, like Mizzou was supposed to be good all along. And I don't think that was ever the case. Georgia's not – I mean, Nichols State, Mizzou, Georgia, Georgia almost should win this game yeah. against Missouri, bottom line. What's the what's the spread at? It's uh, Ole Miss 7.5 right now, minus 7.5. Wow, 7.5. That's... Yeah, I think Ole Miss is going to win. I, it, it, it seems like Vegas is on Ole Miss right now. Yeah, I mean, I don't know Ole why you wouldn't. Leads, they've also gotten these leads. I mean, if you if if Ole Miss put it, it rallied and ran the table, it wouldn't shock me. I don't think they will. That's what. I, yeah, I think ten is very possible. I think nine is my prediction. If they if they win Saturday, I think they win nine. Yeah, if they win Saturday, I think nine between Arkansas, LSU, A and M. I if, think they lose one of those games. If they win Saturday. I think 
I think they probably lose Arkansas or LSU. I, I think they get over the Arkansas hump this year just because law of averages. Same reason that we thought Bama would probably. They get the bye week going in. and, and they and Yeah, Arkansas, a whole week to watch their film from the last two years and, of Arkansas. And Arkansas's got Alabama the week before. LSU's like the game that. LSU and strangely at A&M, which I never saw coming. But they have a passing QB that's, that might be able to exploit some, some safety problems. A&M's good in September. Let's, True, let's see. you're right, you're right. And Trevor Knight is they, – they can they can go beat A&M. I mean, every game is winnable down the stretch. I mean, they got to contain Fournette, but LA, I mean – I mean, Fournette was pretty contained last season. We'll see. The defense isn't as good. Yeah. I, that's a that's a very interesting game to me. Uh, that at LSU game, uh, and and so here's another thing, John is basically a few months ago it felt like between a battle of Bo Wallace and Chad Kelly and the fan base, a hundred fans would pick Chad Kelly. People seemed a little more grumbly after the game on Saturday. You yourself were downplaying Chad's abilities a little bit. I mean, do you think that that swung a little bit? I was trying to say that I think that at LSU game is going to be the true test of. How much better is Chad than Bo? Because Bo couldn't handle that environment. It was way too big for him. I think Chad. I think Chad's a victim of play calling more than anything. To be honest, he held that ball too long on the fumble return for a touchdown. That is true. But it's hard but, to fault Kelly but, when but all you he's got to do is you make plays. You got to give him some quick throws in there. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, I know that. That's what I don't understand. It seems like screen calls would be an easy call with. Our receivers and our That's lack of run ball. game. Go throw like a, I mean, go. I don't get it. I don't get it at all. Did we throw? We threw maybe three or four. Like Van caught one. I, I don't know. It, it doesn't make any sense. The way to that me. fumble happened is that's plays like that are what make Chad good. So it's kind of like you know. No, it's true. He gets out of the pocket and he makes something happen. So you can't fault Chad for trying to make plays when we were down. He was backed up in his own end zone, but still. Like you said, the coach has got to help bail him out there with some easy play calls to try to get you know high probability yards. That did not happen. Agree. I mean, uh, here's here's what I does free. I think Freeze has got to make changes in assistant coaches to take the next step. Yeah, probably so. I think he here's needs the to problem, John. Go hire a real offensive coordinator. Will he fire anyone if it's not if the record is better than seven and five? I don't think so. Eight and four, he has to make changes. I don't know <laughs> if he would because they're just going to say the team's young and they're all going to be back next year. Ugh. I that's by far my biggest complaint with Freeze is that he has he has uh, dropped the win at all cost mentality at least publicly in exchange for this family atmosphere, which is cool, be different, you know, maybe that's going to help you in recruiting or whatever. But, you know, we they just talked for 20 well minutes. They haven't closed recruiting for that. that that's not viable. I'm right. We, we have to be serious about doing whatever it takes if we want to win at those levels, right? If we want to be Alabama, which our athletic director and our coach and all of them say that we're on our way and all that stuff, I don't know. You're right. We're, we're going to have to make some tough decisions, and that probably means, you know, Losing a Dave Womack and a Corey Batoon and some guys, maybe a Jason Jones. I don't know. Agree. Agree. We're going to find out, though. We're going to find out this offseason. Do you want to talk, John, about the most pressing political issue of our time, the Mississippi State flag? Sure. Let's do that. So, a uh, lot of state flag stickers and even some uh, 
state flags on sticks I saw very reminiscent of the old um, racist Dixie images we used to see from Ole Miss games with like a hundred thousand not obviously a hundred thousand but like forty fifty thousand waving rebel flags in the stands it kind of reminded me of that I uh, saw it in the Grove a lot but then we get into the game um, I think it's locked the vault time and first of all is this always is it always like that John in that part of the stadium where like just old assholes don't care about doing the lock the vault thing yes. God, so stupid. I don't, I don't understand. It, maybe it's a health thing where they can't sway like that. They're going to break something. But I don't understand why you wouldn't try to participate in something the whole crowd's doing. Whatever. During that. Um, wow, our game against Georgia opened at two and is up yep. to seven. Holy yep. cow. They're I honest. They're, they're honest. Um, so the lock the vaults like five minutes before a kickoff. It's right before the national anthem. It's usually uh, when they come to the stadium for the pickup shot. You know what I'm talking about, John, where you got. You got Vernon, yep. you got Vernon Gary in the studio, and then they go around the stadium to unlock the vault and kind of get some shots of students, all that stuff. So before we get there, we should probably say uh, the powder blue I thought was great. I, I know a lot of people complain about powder blue; it's not one of our colors. Blah blah blah. I thought it looked really cool, really unique in the stadium. I know it's UNC color, whatever, so not that unique. But in the SEC, I thought it was a cool thing. The stadium looked awesome, full of powder blue. So I was I was pumped about that being on TV and all of that. But, of course, somehow some students had smuggled in uh, what it turns out now. So, apparently what happened, John, was this group of uh, racists in Virginia, uh, some sort of a save our flag thing for Virginia. Apparently they also care about other states with Confederate flags. And they sent these two giant Mississippi flags to Ole Miss to display somewhere, probably on some, you know, rednecks land next to six or whatever, hang on the, the fence or whatever. Uh, but somehow they snuck one of those flags in the student section. It's about 25 feet by 15 feet, something like that. Uh, unfurled it during Lock the Vault. And I, I forget exactly what you said, John, but you, you weren't pleased. Oh, I forgot what I said, too. Uh, oh, I think you said, I hope we lose this game now. Yeah, I don't care. I didn't care if we won the game after that incident. Like, so, we so kind of we were, Yeah, we deserved it after that one. That was one. kind of punishment. I mean, so. <laughs> That and, that and I wish every time I saw I see Colonel Red just anywhere. Oh, I know. I, I I wish I could go explain to somebody how dumb they are, but it's just like it's impossible to do. Cause I wish anytime I saw Colonel Reb in the Grove, I could just do that thing with another person where I go up and like crouch behind them and they push them over. That's that's really all I want to do because God, that shit's childish. Like, oh my gosh, I gotta get over that stuff. Um, but yeah, well, John, we've talked about this phenomenon in the past. These. Kids from Texas. And, so who were so who were those who were those kids and they all out of like you talking? Where are they from? That, uh, so that's what I'm that's what I'm saying. We we don't know exactly who was behind it. Of course, the uh, the student led group, which is basically the uh, 2016 version of the Colonel Reb Foundation, which is something like Save Our Flag or who even knows. They denied they denied responsibility. That's really believable, right, John? That uh, the student group that's been like you know talking about this for a month and having petitions and doing protests and stuff, they had nothing to do with you know thirty students unfurling a giant flag in the student section before the biggest game of the year. Totally believable. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't know if we'll ever really find out. I think if you wanted to know who it was, there are some videos and whatnot that are posted on Twitter from the kids themselves. Like they, that's what's so messed up about this is they think that we're the idiots. You know what I'm saying? They they think that we've been ruined by the liberal media and the PC police, and they really have the good ideas. You know, it's 
it's very frustrating being someone that doesn't go to school at Ole Miss, still contributes a very modest amount of money uh, to the program. But, John, we contribute our time every week to talking about this, edit the show, put it out. It's obviously something important to us. And these are kids that have, what, been enrolled for a year or two probably, and they think they know better, you know, what's going to be good for the image of the school. It's it's frustrating. Um, I, I don't know. I, I want to get your thoughts on it, but I'll give the counterpoint, which is college campuses should be places for intellectual curiosity, that no viewpoint should be excluded solely because, you know, it's that viewpoint. Although well, I think racism perhaps falls in that whole barrel. We can get into that. Um, I just, it's very frustrating. That's really all I, all I, my only thing takeaway from it is I think this is going to keep happening. I don't know what Ole Miss can do about it. I think, well, yeah, it's going to keep, it may not happen as long as, as long as we think it is. Honestly, I mean, how much longer is the Phil Bryant era of dumbass cronies going to really be alive? To sadly, to in Mississippi, stuff? I think another few cycles. Uh, Tate think- Reeves. Tate Reeves is led by uh, his campaign is managed by a uh, former fraternity brother. We should say um, they're definitely going to win. They're definitely going to win in 2017 when Phil Bryant leaves office. Oh, jeez. So we'll see. What's, what's I don't know anything about Tate Reeves. What's the background there? Uh, I mean, he's uh, so they, they called Phil Bryant Mississippi's first Tea Party governor, uh, and Tate's like significantly to his right, I would say. That's what. Yeah, yeah. Um, I who, mean, who, maybe maybe man, not. Who's sig- managing this campaign? Uh, Garrett McKinnis. Okay. And um, he, for any politicos out there, he also worked for Tom Cotton in Arkansas. Interesting connection there. Another very successful Tea Party candidate, so he obviously knows what he's doing. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think the state is going to change the flag anytime soon, which is sad. Because it's not because Phil- everybody our age ish that has a brain leaves. I mean, that's what the yeah, statistics no, say. Exactly. And, and you know, you know what people our age ish with a brain really, really, really don't do run for the Mississippi house of representatives in Mississippi. Uh, state. I mean, I mean, you have, I mean you, you have a gig with Barksdale's kid. If you didn't have a gig that was that good, you'd, you'd probably be. Yeah. You'd, I mean, I, Mississippi is definitely a very narrow opportunity for people that maybe not. Okay, I wouldn't say that a lot of people in Mississippi don't want to make the state better. I would say they don't really know how and they don't really have the vision to do it. I think a lot of those people, instead of dealing with all the BS that comes with trying to change anything in Mississippi, it's just easier to leave and go somewhere that's already more amenable to your lifestyle and what you believe. It's sad. It's sad. Everybody I, wants to feel sorry for themselves too much. Oh, I mean, absolutely. That's what's at the core of this this white grievance against removing the Confederate flag from things. Is like somehow these people are being persecuted. Like you didn't you you don't have a, a Confederate tattoo when you're born in Mississippi. There's nothing about being a Mississippian that makes the Confederate flag inherent to your existence. It's all made up. It's just you're totally right, John. People want to complain because when you complain, you have something to say, and most people have nothing to actually say. Yeah, and then you've been you've let yourself get pawned off PR wise by the by I guess the North, for lack of a better way of putting it. It's just like good grief, <laughs> them, them damn Yankees. Well, I mean, they're not any better in a lot of ways, but they've sure. they've won the PR battle over post Civil War. That's and I mean that's I mean that's 
That's one of the first things I feel like. Uh, I don't want to sound like I'm making an excuse for the South at all, but it's just like good, you know, good grief, people. It's just it, it's just derp city everywhere, pretty much. Yeah, no, it's it's not good, man. Did you see this Facebook group? I think I shared it earlier. It's called uh, the Ole Miss Unsafe Space. No, and their uh, their slogan is um, "Make Ole Miss Offensive Again," which. I think it's hilarious that they say that because they are extremely offended by Ole Miss. Like Ole Miss is offensive to them, so I I don't know what they're talking about. Like the, the PC culture is extreme persecution against them. It turns out. Um, do you want to say, talk more about this, John? Should we let's recap some SEC scores? Let's recap some SEC scores. We could be here all day. We're not. Yeah, gonna, and I nothing. mean, uh, we gotta we gotta leave something for the people to keep coming back for. You know, this is. This is our bread and butter. People, people love hearing us talk about this. I'm sure. I mean, the the, conf- the Mississippi State flag still being in existence just sums up how it's so. I'll tell you, coming you you, you go live you go to diff- around a different place to see different environments, and then you come back to. I mean, coming back into Memphis and driving around Mississippi it was yeah. like good grief. It's just sticks. It's just that much. It's just sad how piss poor it is, and yet people are stuck basically in a certain context and won't and won't they won't look outside or don't want to you know they play the oh we just do it differently thought process in their brains. And, yeah, I, I read something, uh, and I'll I'll stop after this, but I I read something that showed up on my Facebook because someone I'm friends with commented on it, but it was one of those outspoken undergrads that's been writing the editorials and all that kind of stuff about how Ole Miss has abandoned its identity or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And um, he was talking about um, – sorry, I totally lost my train of thought here looking at something else. Um, he was talking about how Ole Miss doesn't have – sorry, John, I totally forgot what I was talking about. I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I just totally derailed us. Here's the other thing. This comment about nothing. Thing Go on. Screwed Go up. Maybe I'll remember. Maybe there's a lot of just like real. I'll say there's a lot of crap parenting these days. Kids get spoiled. They don't have any context of things. I mean, I also think baby boomers. John, baby boomers end up with a lot of lot of resources and probably didn't. You know, I don't know. I it's, think you spend your whole childhood like communicating with people you'll never meet through a screen, it kind of makes you more callous. You're, you don't yeah. really think that you're arguing with other people. You just think you're arguing with some online avatar or something. It's, there's not a reality to it for these kids. They don't understand that Ole Miss is a real place that has black students that have just as much right as they do to have some sort of an ownership in it. And I remember what I was going to say about the kids' post. He basically said uh, Mississippi has – taken all this federal money and sucked up to the North for so long and we're still last in everything, why don't we give something else a try? So the solution is to become more racist and reject all federal funding we currently have. That's somehow going to help us. Like I, I just don't understand what we're working on that's productive. It's like what you were saying, John. We have real problems in Mississippi, and we're never going to solve them because we're constantly fighting about the dumb shit. Yeah. But another thing, I mean, I shouldn't even say that because we don't agree about the real problems either. If we stopped fighting about the dumb shit, we wouldn't get anything done on, you know, redistricting the, the voting districts or income inequality or anything like that. Because Mississippi politics in general is just a cesspool. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop talking about it for today. It's terrible. 
Sandy um, Noodle Heave, Mississippi. No, I'm not like I. Okay, and, and I will say the last thing. I'm not one of those people that acts like I'm here doing some service to my home state or anything like that. I have. I'll wake up one day somewhere else and be like, you know, it, it's kind of nice not having to bang your head against the wall. I know, I know, I will, and I'm just Especially saying, I'm not better. I don't live here as a moral duty. I live here because I have a job and I have a house and all that kind of stuff. But it does make me sad to see my home state. I think anywhere I lived, it, it makes me sad to see us just keep going in circles. Like we had the state flag fight when I was ten. I ah, it's so frustrating. John. I know exactly what you're saying. And at some point, but you know, it's politics, though. I mean, I'm someone that follows politics and enjoys it, and this is what people. This is what parties do to stay in power: is recycle boogeymen and and use these. You know, the specter of illegal immigration or whatever it may be, tie that to terrorism, tie that to, you know, not having a good job because the illegals took it, and then you create this whole frenzy and then you get elected again. I understand that. Let's talk about Tennessee only beating Ohio by nine points. I didn't get to see many of these games. I don't know if you did either. That doesn't seem like a lot, though. Yeah, well, they were open as 10 point favorites against Florida. It's down to six now. Florida, I think Del Rio got hurt, but. Oh, really? Tennessee. Tennessee was a 10-point favorite against Florida? They opened, and then it shrunk because Luke Del Rio got hurt. Florida's on their backup quarterback, so that's ugh. That's something. I also wonder, John, if if opening them at, at 10 was Vegas goading Florida fans because Florida fans have this huge superiority complex over Tennessee, and they just know that they're going to bid that down. That's a very good point. I, I don't know. That's pretty funny, though. Um, so, but I do. I mean, do you think this is the year that Tennessee beats Florida? I jeez. Is it it's in Knoxville, right? It's in Knoxville and okay. they should win the game. Okay. Maybe the Ohio thing was them them looking ahead yeah. we saying. Right. It's possible. I'm gonna go with Tennessee in this. How long game. how long has it been though? I don't feel good about it. Uh, I'm, not, I'm gonna type how long has it been since Tennessee beat Florida? Four. Twenty four years? Pre Urban Meyer. Whew. 2004. 2004. Gotcha. 2004. Ron Zook. Gotcha. That's that's pretty funny. That's how long it's been. Ron the last Florida coach they Zook. beat was Ron Zook. Ron Zook. Well, that's something for you. Um, okay, back to SEC scores. Um, Vanderbilt, Georgia Tech. Like I said, didn't get to see any of this one. Um, I think I, I think this must be one of those years that Georgia Tech has a good triple option team. You know, sometimes they have a good triple option, sometimes they have a bad triple option team. I mean, thirty-eight to seven against a good Vandy defense, a good run defense. I to me that says more about Georgia Tech than about Vanderbilt. Mason's fired. Yeah, no, Georgia, I, I Georgia think Tech hosts right. Clemson on Thursday night this week. That I was going to say it's going to be cool. That could be interesting. Yeah, no, I, I think that is interesting. I was going to get to that in the lines. Definitely another good Thursday slate. Wait, so this kind of goes into what we were talking about, the 11 a.m. games. ESPN seems to be making an effort on Thursdays as well. They had some, some good Thursday games this year. Yeah, they are. They are. Um, South Carolina uh, beating East Carolina. Didn't really predict that one. I thought East Carolina had a chance there, but not a I think, shock. I think Muschamp could evolve into a decent coach at South Carolina, but they have to be wow. patient because that roster is a mess. Wow. Yeah, and I think South Carolina will be patient with him. They, they, I think they like who they got in Muschamp, but I'm not quite ready to say that yet about him being successful. We'll see. Um, I'm can, saying decent. I'm saying he goes like eight four or so every year. I'm nothing crazy, but 
Nah, yeah, I I think if he went nine and three, that'd be enough for South Carolina. We'll see. Eight and four might be. Um, Kentucky, I think, struggle with New Mexico State. Ended up winning sixty-two to forty-two. Marks, well, I think they have to pay Mark Stoops seventeen million dollars to fire him. Yeah, but he gone. He gone. Agree. I, how do you give up forty-two points to New Mexico State? They were like one of the worst. It's over. That's D2. how you do that. Isn't New Mexico State that D two team that we played? There's they're supposed to be really bad for D two. Something like that, yeah. Jeez, Louise. Uh, okay, so I watched some of this game. I don't know how much you got to see. Uh, night after our game, Mississippi State, LSU. Turned out to be really close. LSU was up big early. Did you get to see any of it? I saw some of it. State's not very good. No. LSU has a dysfunctional offense outside of Fournette. The Purdue, the Purdue guy was Definitely. less bad than Harris. It's, it's, yeah, it seems like he must be the guy moving forward. Yeah, he's the guy because Harris is just a head case and has imploded. <laughs> well, like, we knew Harris was – was well, we knew he sucked for a long time, but we knew he was, like, out of this world head case when he was DMing rival fans just because they said he was a bad quarterback on Twitter. Like, what – who does that? Like, how butthurt do you have to be? Also, like, how bad of a quarterback do you have to be to feel the need to do that? Uh, yeah. So I so let's 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 pick some uh, updated win loss numbers for these two teams. Sounds like a fun exercise, right? For who? Mississippi uh, State and LSU. Mm, State's one and two. LSU's two and one. Yeah. So I'll give you I'll give you Mississippi State's path to bowl eligibility. Yep. They beat no yeah Mississippi State's one and two. So they beat Massachusetts. I'm counting wins here. They win at BYU at Kentucky versus Samford. That gives them to five. And so now what they have to do to get to a bowl is beat Auburn, A&M, Alabama, Arkansas, or Ole Miss. I don't get – I'm not going to give them the BYU game. Yeah, and, and that's your right. I mean, I don't think that that's a gimme by any – UMass and Kentucky and Sanford are locks. That's a lock, That yeah. gets them four. Um, they're going to lose the Egg Bowl. They're Arkansas – They're going to lose in Tuscaloosa Kentucky. for sure. Arkansas at home. Arkansas is not super athletic, so they could maybe keep that a little closer. They're going to get killed in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, they're not super athletic, but Arkansas does a great job of finding that that final read, and that's going to kill State all year, I feel like. Those those tight ends at, I agree. on the check down. The most winnable game here is Auburn. Yeah, I think so too. And you have to think, what is Auburn's defensive front going to do to that state offensive line? It's going to be yeah, not, it's going to be not safe Auburn, for work. What I want to see with Auburn is let's let's search their schedule. They get LSU at home this weekend. Yeah, that's a that's a, that's almost a must win for them for Auburn. Yeah, they, I mean, let's say they lose that and they go beat ULM, so they're two and three going to Starkville. I mean, I think I think that in Starkville is a must win for Gus. Auburn fans don't want to go one and two in the last three years against State. Yeah, get, exactly. Because if they're going to get bowl eligible, they ULM gets them to two, State gets them to three, Vandy gets them to four, Alabama A&M gets them to five. So they got to beat either Georgia, Ole Miss, Arkansas, or Alabama, which they're not going to do any of that. So or LSU this weekend. I would love for Mullen to go five and seven in what is this year eight or whatever. But I really think that they find a way to six and six. I think they beat BYU and they beat either Arkansas, Auburn, A and M. 
I could see that. It would be a shock. It, and it would be a moral victory for them after being in the hole one and two against a little bit lesser teams than Ole Miss is one and two, two, I'd say. Uh, let's look at this LSU schedule now. Uh, they lost that first game with Wisconsin. They're one and they're two and one now. Excuse me. Like you mentioned, at Auburn, play Missouri and Baton Rouge at Florida. That's not the easiest stretch for the a team that hasn't been playing that well. I mean, two road games and then Missouri. Well, what, what's Georgia the date tonight. on the Florida game? Is that next October eighth? Okay, so it's two weeks after the. Yeah, yeah. that could be. Yeah. Hmm. And they get Southern Miss at home. That should be an easy win. So what? So if we if they go you they go three and zero or two and one versus Auburn Missouri Florida I say two and one. Florida games in Gainesville is that yeah, correct? Yeah, and the Auburn games on the plains. Yeah, probably two and one. Okay, so that that puts them at four and two, uh, five and two versus Southern Miss, Ole Miss in Baton Rouge. Let's. They're losing to Bama, most likely. Yeah, they, they play Bama and Baton Rouge the week after. Or they get a bye week in between Ole Miss and Bama, I think. Between Arkansas, Ole Miss, and A&M, they'll lose again. I think they're an 8-4 and four team. Yeah, but an 8-4 and four team, but the most disappointing 8-4 and four ever for LSU fans. Oh, uh, Les is so fired at that point. Yeah, I mean, that we can talk I mean, about expectations. I mean, Les has to win 10 games to keep his job. Yeah, I... I with the support that he has, I could see him winning nine, including a big win over, say, Ole Miss and Baton Rouge, and uh, I could see them rallying to keep him. No, I think he's. I don't know. We'll see what happens with that. I don't know. Les Miles gets paid at nine and three, even. Um, okay, let's see. Back to SEC sports. Where did that go? I'm trying to look. Okay, here we go. Uh, other games this week, Texas A&M beat Auburn 29-16. to Know nothing about that game, but that score seems about right for what we know about those teams. A&M moved the ball, couldn't execute very well in the red zone because Auburn's got a good front seven. Yeah. But yeah. And that's going to be a problem for Ole Miss, too, I would assume. A&M Arkansas, A&M Arkansas is a big game this weekend. Determine which one of those teams is going to emerge as a potential um, West. Has, has, yeah. a shot, has a shot, has a real, well, that game is a real shot at finishing second in the West. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I think I think Ole Miss, LSU, and, yeah, the winner of that game are fighting for the second after Bama. Agree. Um, okay, Florida whoop North Texas, don't care. Arkansas whoop Texas State. Georgia wins by one point against Missouri. What do we make of that? Georgia's eh. Yeah. They went on the road, eh. Yeah. And, and Mizzou is... Also, eh, I would assume. Ole, 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 Ole Mizzou's not good. Ole Miss should beat Georgia. Yeah. Ole Miss, should be, Ole Miss should beat Georgia by double-digit points. There's, there's a few reasons. Desperate for a win. Played well at home. Uh, I, I, I think it's a good matchup, too. I think Ole Miss should be able to pass on them. Uh, and Ole Miss is good at stopping the run. The line of scrimmage game should be much more even than it was Saturday. Yes. That's, that goes without saying. Yeah. I mean – and seeing Chubb, I mean, I, I want to see them shut down Chubb, and let's keep getting some uh, some experience for these young safeties and corners. I mean, Ole Miss, freeze teams do persevere through crap really well. They they uh, that's their biggest. Well, I think the the good the upside is I think freeze has a ton of material right now for motivation. There are a lot of positives to emphasize, even with the one and two start. Uh, it's not like even the West is still possible. I mean, Bama could lose. 
But it's there's a lot of possibilities still on the table that I think I mean, the team gets gets up. Please, is basically if they just clean up their own backyard, they're yeah. they'll be fine. The rest of the way, I, I think they do part that of cleaning up and part of cleaning up their yards is going to be don't play as difficult of teams that can't expose yeah. your weaknesses as easy. So absolutely play teams with warts that are more equitable to yours. Chad Kelly's got a lot of pride. We'll make sure this team goes out there and really. I think they're going to look good against Georgia. You are you laying the seven point five? What are you? What's your prediction? I, I think Ole Miss wins. I think Ole Miss wins by 17. Wow. Yeah, I'm going to say Ole Miss covers 7.5 as well. Let's do some spreads. I think it's a, it's an 11 a.m. game. I think Ole Miss is – I think the home team's up early, ready to ready to roll. And on the ready block, to get a win, ready to even it back up. Yep. They need I it. I mean, Ole Miss needs this more than Georgia. I don't know how energized the Vaught's going to be at that time, but we'll see. I'm going to be there. I got a big uh, – I don't know if I mentioned this on the show, but I have one of those big floppy uh, hats that the coaches wear with that says Ole Miss on it. I'm going to bring that and wear that in the sun because it was just miserable when we were out there. It's going to be nice. Nice 11 a.m. game. Get my coffee in. Catch some football. Let's do these lines for this week. Uh, Clemson minus 10 at Georgia Tech on Thursday. I mean, I don't really know. Maybe. How does Clemson's run defense? I just don't yeah. know. How focused on stopping the triple option is Georgia Tech? Clemson's still, what, 3-0, and right? Yeah. But kind of a, a teetering 3-0, and I'd say. They're vulnerable. Yeah, we'll see what they come up with. That could be interesting. Yeah, no idea, but I'll check it out probably because, I mean, for a Thursday night game, that's not bad. Um, yep. Moving right along. Uh, NFL's got a good third. It's Texans, Pats, Thursday night. All ooh, granted, it'll be yeah, Jacoby. that's good. Jacoby Brissett, uh, Speaking Brissett of, starting against uh, the starting for the Pats, but I'm getting massacred in fantasy this week unless uh, unless Jeremy Langford and Alshon Jeffrey can combine for 26 points tonight. I'm gonna uh, go to one and one, so we'll see. Um, let's see. Sorry, back to the lines. I got Mississippi State minus 22 at UMass, empty NFL stadium. That. That might be a couple too many points. UMass has a good defense. Remember what they did to Florida? I think Florida was just flat in the game. The weather was bad in that game. It you was open weekend. State's going to be up after this traveling to July. Yeah, yeah, fair question. Fair question. I don't know. State uh, wins, uh, but 22 is a, a fairly big number playing in an empty NFL stadium like state after covers. a long trip. State covers. Yeah, we're going to find out. Um, I'll pick UMass to cover that one. It's the A&M Arky line. Let's see here. I'll get to it. Um, oh, this isn't good. This isn't good at all. Western Kentucky minus seven and a half over Vanderbilt. Uh, that sucks. Western Kentucky sort of played Alabama pretty good. Yeah, I, I, Vandy covers that, I'd say. I think Western Kentucky can. Is the game in Nashville? or oh, is it's it? at Western Kentucky. That's oh, bad scheduling. Western Kentucky's covering. God, that's bad scheduling. Um. Okay, so Arkansas A&M. A&M minus six and a half. This is an AT&T Stadium in Arlington. Ooh, give me the hogs. I like that. I, I like Burt to keep it close no matter what in that game. Uh, doesn't Burt play well in that stadium too? He play, He's played there several hey, times. Arkansas has blown the game really bad the last, uh, the fourth quarter of the past two years. I feel like they need to get over the hump there. Yeah. I don't. And you I get question, the points. You I question the points. A&M's run defense and – Arky can run the ball. Yeah. We'll see. It's an interesting matchup. It's 
It's similar to that LSU uh, State game this week in that I want to see both these teams play each other. It should be good indicator for what's to come the rest of the season for both of them. We'll see. Um, although, talking about a Burt team, probably take what, however good this team is and double it or triple it. And that's how good they'll be in a couple months. Um, we both picked Ole Miss minus 7.5 over Georgia. Um, South Carolina, Kentucky. Oh, wow. This is at Kentucky, John. Kentucky minus 2. South Carolina's. Yeah, South Carolina plus two at Kentucky, 7.30 p.m. game. That's probably the easiest money of the year. I'd say take Carolina. Probably so. We're going to find out. Um, I will also pick Muschamp in that game. Um, let's, yeah, like you mentioned, Tennessee minus seven over Florida in Knoxville, three or two thirty game since the time. Give me the Gators. I don't trust Tennessee with seven. I think Tennessee is the game close. I mean, in a game where Tennessee just can't beat Florida, I don't know why you wouldn't take the seven points there. I think Florida is the safer bet. Um, oh God, Vegas does not like Florida State after that Louisville game. They only have a minus six and a half over South Florida. That's a Tom Allen's team. Yep. That's, I think, that's, Florida, I think yeah, Florida, Florida State, State might have hit the F it button. You think so? I'd say yeah. Florida State covers six and a half against at FS at South Florida fairly easily. We'll see. I don't think they like them on the road. Yeah, I think that's it, yeah. What's going on here? Um, I wish we could have played them on the road. Oh, that's right. We got them in a neutral site. It's all good. Um, LSU at Auburn. LSU minus three and a half for a 6 p.m. game or 5 p.m. game on the plains. I guess times are in Eastern. I just don't think Auburn can score. I think LSU wins an ugly game. Yeah, take the three and a half or? Yes. Yeah, that's close because if it was. was I think LSU LSU by six. It was two and a half on LSU all day. But yeah, probably I'll I'll take LSU minus three and a half in that. I I think they're equitable to. It's a good line though. It is. Oh, it's a great line. Um, Let's see what else. Anything else here? I see no more SEC games. So that's our slate for the week. Um, best games of the week, definitely Ole Miss, Georgia, Arkansas, A&M. Uh, most of the rest of them are just to watch for lulls. Oh, LSU, Auburn. Most of the rest of them are just for funnies. South Carolina, Kentucky, stuff like that. Yep. Um, but, I mean, not 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 a bad slate. I, I do wish so Ole Miss Saturday games a little later. Saturday slate for everyone. Let me pull it up here. Let's see. Ole Miss, Georgia at noon. Yep. I think the Tennessee Florida game is pretty interesting. Yeah, sorry, I'm sorry. I don't know how that one slipped my mind. It's interesting just because of the history there and the fact that I hate Butch Jones and I want to see him lose stuff like that. That's fun. Oh, here. Wisconsin at Michigan State, two top eleven teams, but it's on Big Ten Network. Whoa, what a snoozer! So, is Wisconsin? Oh man, that's oh god, Wisconsin, Michigan State. They're both top eleven teams. Yep. Golly. Bring back the BCS. Florida, Tennessee, three thirty will be interesting. Yeah. Uh, uh, LSU, Auburn will be kind of ugly, interesting. And then let's see. Stanford, UCLA. Who cares? To be honest. Um, Archie A and M is going to be a good game to watch. Yeah, no doubt. Definitely think that's. I think RKA and M, and then our games kind of to me the two most interesting games of the week. For sure, Washington goes to Arizona late night, but that's on the Pac-12 network. It's not the late night again ESPN Pac-12 game. So I don't know how I'm supposed to watch it, but gosh, we'll figure it out. You don't get Pac-12 network? No, 
I think I, I think I might actually. Um, they give all those if you don't live in their target area. They give all those those special ones for free, basically. Um, at least with your first year package or whatever. It's a decent weekend of football. Not a great. Eh, like, I mean, Wisconsin. It's pretty good. It's not quite as good as last weekend, but it's still a good weekend. So, have they announced times for the Memphis game yet? Yeah, that's the first night game of the year. Finally. Um, what time? It's at, it's at six, I think. Six, good. Yeah. Um, we'll get to that in the future. So we we picked our lines for the week. Did a little recap. I think we gave a pretty good overview of uh, our our visit to campus for the Bama game. Definitely uh, not the same kind of energy for SEC Nation as for College Game Day. Shocker, I know. Um, people just don't seem to care as much. Um, probably because it's Tebow and Feinbaum and all those people. Yeah. Uh, but we'll leave it there for now. Um, I think I'm going back to Oxford this weekend to catch the Georgia game. Hopefully, lock down some tickets for that. And like I said, keep the sun off my face. Cause I don't think if we're sitting in the student section, I don't think I could have survived it. Uh, that Alabama game, being in the sun the whole time, we were saved by the shade in the around halftime. Um, especially with being out of water. So I'll report back next week, John. I'll uh, I'll do some secret shopper test and try to buy mm-hmm. some bottles of water for you and see uh see if the results are changed for the georgia game i i think they will be not just because they're gonna have more water but because it's gonna be a smaller crowd that's probably not yeah. as early and excited all that kind of stuff but we'll see um i i think Ole Miss gets the win this weekend as do you uh should get back on track be two and two and you win this one and the season sets up i think we can start talking about um you know further down the line that this is a this is an important game for sure but Good matchup for Ole Miss. Should be a good one to watch. Um, thanks for listening, guys. I'll, I'll run through my little traditional spiel here at the end. Uh, of course, subscribe on iTunes if you have an Apple device. Uh, if you don't, check out our website, LandSharksAfterDark.com. Listen to our newest episode. Listen to any old episodes you might want to. Uh, follow us on Twitter. We'll tweet out the new show and any other stuff that comes across our Twitter timeline relevant to Ole Miss and our little brand, the fandom here. But I think for now we're going to stop. Uh, John, thanks for joining me. And everybody else, thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you again next week. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.